0: right? Like if you put good energy out into the world about what you're doing, what your dreams are, like what you're passionate about, you know, again, you kind of have to plant that. You you have to dig that well, maybe before you need it, because it takes some time, but it will come back to you.
1: What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani E. It's been way too long, man. How you doing,
2: Hi, brother? I miss you, man. That's that's um. It's the worst thing about not recording shows is I don't get to talk to you as much. But life, life is good. Um, for those of you that have been with us since the very beginning, you know the project that I've been working on, uh, and I am so grateful to announce that we closed on the refi yesterday so that Uh, whole process
1: two years in the making
2: yeah so the first i have this huge yellow notepad kind of like the stuff that rock used to have everywhere so i have those all over my office um and the very first sheet on this refi project dates back to 2019 and there's all the list of all the banks that like rejected me and everything else on it um so it's uh it's fun man it's 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 good
1: that's amazing did i see you have a celebratory dinner with pops
2: yeah yeah so my dad came into town we had dinner all together and we're just like good you know it's been it's been it feels like yesterday dude but it's been a long time you know so super oh it's
1: definitely been a long time yeah (laughs) definitely been a long time
2: yeah and, and just to talk about the power of networking, um, the mortgage broker that actually closed the deal for me, I met through a guy we met on Clubhouse,
1: Oh, okay. David,
2: that he's, a, he's a broker for hotels, yep. met, him, met him through him, and then he connected me and he actually closed. So I, I actually owe David a call to just say thank you for the introduction but other than that bro awesome. life is good life is good man how how's what you buying bro are you are you getting yourself into some stuff
1: yeah thanks to, some stuff? thanks to yes, our guest is. today thanks for yes <laughs> he is yes he is the contract signed a couple days ago um nice. just came i literally just rushed home from the bank to the wire transfer for the deposit um yes yeah, so we got a uh 10 bedroom house locked in in Disney or uh, just outside of Disney uh, in a little submarket called reunion, which is absolutely gorgeous. I'm super pumped about it. Uh, Kristen's already going to town on the designs. And I told Shane offline, we were like setting a budget. And I said, watch, we're going to double that budget by the time we're done. Cause I know how it's going to work, but it's going to be sick. Like it's going to be unbelievable. Um, so we're, we're super excited um, you know, we've done a bunch of hotel stuff the last year and a half. And, um, one of the things on my goal sheet, you know, we talk about goals all the time was to have a, 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 large, I specifically wrote a 10 bedroom home. I said a beach house, but I put it in Florida. So it's not on the beach, but it's right outside of Disney. Um, because one of my first mentors, he talked about, uh, he takes his entire family on a vacation every single year, like all expenses paid. And I was like, I want to be able to do that someday. And like have a big ass house that I could take my whole family to like my brother and his kids, my brother-in-law and his kids, like my parents, my in-laws, like everybody and have an awesome place that we could go to. And, um, we're going to be able to do that now. And then obviously, you know, we're going to rent it out when we're not using it and make some nice money on it. So yeah, really excited. I'm actually flying down to meet our guest next week. Um, I know he would have handled all of it for me anyway, but selfishly I wanted to go down to get some warm weather for a few days with Kristen. So we're going to head down next week or uh, actually when this podcast airs, we'll be down there uh, this coming Wednesday. So Wednesday to Sunday we'll be down in the Orlando area um, scoping it out and getting everything uh, ready to go. So super pumped. So yeah, man, we're excited. Um, All good stuff. Had our, a record-breaking month for October. I mean, it's, it's bananas how much the rentals are bringing in this month. Like, it's absolutely insane. So that's another good thing on that front, but um, let's get into it, man. I wanna, I wanna introduce our guest today. He's a, he's a buddy of ours. Uh, today on the show, we have Shane O'Connor. He's the CEO and founder of Alchemy Real Estate and Alchemy Hosting. He's based in Tampa, Florida, and he's building a portfolio of short-term rental assets primarily focused in Central Florida, really around Kissimmee and Orlando. Uh, By delivering a vertically integrated top tier service from beginning to end in the investment process, Alchemy has grown from a single property and a single employee to 11 properties and a team of four in less than a year. And in that same time, Alchemy will have also delivered more than $3 million in closed real estate deals for his clients. Um, By the end of 2022, it's Shane's goal to have a blended direct ownership and co-hosting portfolio of 30 properties centered in Florida, to then begin expanding to other markets. He's a graduate of the United States Naval Academy and served as an officer in the U.S. Navy for nine years. He receives an MS degree in real estate from the University of Florida, and he runs the company with his brother, Captain Devin O'Connor, who's an active duty Marine Corps helicopter pilot, in addition to being a director of operations for Alchemy. So that is a hell of a bio. Without further ado, Shane, welcome to the show, buddy.
0: Thanks, brother. It is uh, is good to be here. and. I mean, between you and me, we know for sure that uh, this is not unexpected, right? Because because yeah. we get what we put in our mind. So, we set. i goal. to share that
1: real quick before we even get back into it, because we were talking yeah. offline the other day. You set a goal in February, I think, that you wanted to be on the podcast by
0: November. I November. And year. I think, and actually, if, if we, we were, if we were more specific, October
2: 28. You 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 could have taken a couple more days, to be honest. With yeah. You. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: well and, the yeah. irony is, is that this podcast is going to air on November 1st. <laughs>
0: of course it is. Of course it is. And look at that. actually, I initially said, like, I just wanted to do it, I think it's like before the year was out, or maybe I said like q 22, Mike, and then you were like, uh no, you, you got to like November. Right. And that was just enough to make me feel that good bit of uncomfortable, where it's like, you know, if you're not, if you're not scared, then what are we doing here? You know, so yeah. it uh, whatever you hold in your mind, it may not, it may not come about exactly how you think it will, but it'll come about for sure.
1: As long as you know, the, what the, how will figure itself out. Like, honestly, 100%. and we should talk about that all the time. So let's talk about your journey, right? So you were in, you were working in real estate development for a while, then some things mm-hmm. happened and you, you shifted, you had one property at the time that you were running, And then you shifted focus and got your real estate license in Florida. And now you're similar to E where you have a vertically integrated business where you're helping investors like myself locate and close on properties. And then you can also manage it for them as a short-term rental, right? So kind of explain how that journey has gone for you. And yeah, just walk us through that. Because I I tell real estate agents all the time, I'm like, if you're not looking into this, you're crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, in... Yeah, like starting at the end, kind of Quentin Tarantino style, right? Like that statement right there, thousand percent. There is so much alignment between those two sources of effort. And, you know, even in Kissimmee, a market where there is a ton of short-term rentals, like I, I ended up kind of getting my license sort of by accident, it was sort of backwards. I was not an agent first. I was an owner operator first. And I got so frustrated with the lack of like true understanding of how to own, operate, what was a good investment, what wasn't, then I was, all right, screw it. I'm, I'm going to go get my license myself, you know? And at the end of the day, uh, it was a phenomenal decision. And if we, if we go back to the beginning, um, yeah. So I, I had, I'd finished my military thing. I knew real estate was what I wanted to do. Uh, I knew Florida was absolutely where I wanted to be. Um, like I said, I, I live in Tampa, but I go in between quite a bit. Um, and if man, if you can't see like the real estate potential down here, I <laughs> I don't know what to do for you. You know, like it's it's a phenomenal place to be, and you know Tampa's a really fun town. It has an excellent cross section for an STR market, and then so does Kissimmee. Now Kissimmee's a little bit more focused. Uh, primarily, you're targeting. Some split of hospitality. So it's either Disney direct. Um, you will catch some convention traffic in the right areas. Uh, you know, even though there's a ton of hotels, like you'll still catch some convention traffic for sure. You know, and then you get golf and, and snowboard types, etc. cetera. Um, but I was working after grad school, I uh, was working for a multifamily developer um, for about a year and a half. And I include this part of the story because I, I think it's just, there's not a single story I've ever heard that's gotten you excited that didn't have like some legitimate adversity in it. And you know, I think that's what makes the story the most authentic. Um, great company, great group of, of guys I was working with, really good group of human beings. Uh, it just had gotten to a point where I felt like I was really out of alignment. And if I'm being totally honest, Uh, I was too much of a sissy to walk out on my own. And so in October, I actually got fired. And sitting here now in retrospect, like that had never happened to me before.
1: Shane's in the middle of a tornado warning right now. That's 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 literally what it
0: is. (laughs) That's literally what it is. Um, All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out here. And if if this gets a little dicey, I'll, I'll exit. Um, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I get, um, I get fired. Right. And I'll be the first one to tell you, like, you know, in my former boss's position, who I have just a tremendous amount of respect for in many ways, I would have fired me. Right. I had lost my purpose. I was not giving my full effort to that endeavor. You know, it was, any number of a combination of things where, you know, to include meeting you, Mike, right? And, and learning about short-term rental and understanding the power of it. Um, and then also kind of beginning to understand, I think it was really during COVID, right? Where if you were in an office and then you went home to work, like as a former military officer, that was the first time in my adult life where truly, although I had operated pretty independently, I had never truly had my day be my own, quite like that. And once you experience that, I think this is when I truly understood like how much I just valued independence and personal sovereignty on a on a core level, right? And you know, despite you know, gosh, I remember day of, right? Like it happens, hey, we're gonna let you go, you know, and i I don't want to sound like too. I don't know, self-aggrandizing or whatever, but I've always crushed my jobs. Like I've always been in a good place. Like I've always stood out amongst my peers. And then, yeah, you're not getting it done. We're letting you go. I remember three things from that moment. One, like feeling that rush and tingle to your face where all the blood comes up. And, you know, shame, humiliation slash embarrassment. But the third... And most powerful was actually relief, which, you know, it still took me a couple months to kind of get my head back to where it should have been. But that relief was a huge indicator that like, dude, you should have done this on your own months ago, right? And instead of burning the ships myself, like I should have, they got burned for me, thanks to the universe, right? And it ends up being the best thing that ever happened. So Fast forward a couple months, I get one property going in Kissimmee that I am co-hosting for an investor. Uh, I turn my own townhouse in Tampa into an SDR. And uh, I get into it with problems with the HOA. I'm, I'm gonna be like just super diplomatic here and just say, I had one neighbor who if I put it very politely has a disagreeable nature and a slight tendency to exaggerate, and I will just leave it at that.
1: That's a very um, diplomatic way to put it.
0: Yeah, like I'm, I'm exercising a lot of self discipline right now, so I, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say it that way. Um, short version: he gets the neighborhood worked up to a point where people who had no idea that, like, my property had been operating for months with no problem all of a sudden they're talking about, oh, what happens when a serial killer comes to stay? Like it just, it spiraled so out of control. And so what I was able to do, essentially like, you know, I, I just decided it was not worth the stress and headache of, of dealing with this. And so I was able to actually convert that into a short or a, a furnished traditional rental, um, which, I actually have a, a Tampa Bay Buccaneers football player in there now. Um, and at the end of the day, it brings me probably about 70%, maybe 80% of, of what an STR would have been. Um, the lesson I really took away from that is number one, stay away from HOAs. Uh, I was on the board, but by the bylaws, the board has almost no power to change anything. So you, you got to know that stuff going in. Um, number two, If somebody can threaten you with city regulations, that's something else that you need to be aware of. And although I love Tampa as an STR market, because where I am in South Tampa, Mike, we can hit any demographic in your course. Within a five mile radius, there is downtown, there is the airport, there is the University of Tampa. There's one of the largest military bases in the world. There are two gigantic hospitals. There's nothing that you can't grab. Right, Uh, yeah, you know,
1: Buck Stadium.
0: Buck Stadium is ten minutes. The Tampa Bay Lightning is eight minutes. It's it's ridiculous. It's a it's a perfect location, and I'll probably come back to it. Like I I probably will. But what I found is that I would rather focus on an area like Kissimmee that has HOAs that are designed to support short term rental, and actually sometimes will not even allow like somebody to live there full time. And, you know, aligning myself with the municipality, a municipality that needs the tax revenue, right? So I'm not running the risk of, you know, a new city council member coming in and deciding that they don't like it or they want to make some kind of impact, whether they understand it or not. So that's how I ended up pivoting over to Kissimmee. Um, The part where I became an agent was born out of, you know, I certainly had trouble recruiting New clients who already had a, a short term rental operating to get a brand new property manager in the area, you know, to, to come on board. Not only that, but get them to invest more money in their properties so that they could make more, right? The, the thing with Kissemi in 2018, you could have a super mediocre property and still make a halfway decent return. There was just so much demand. Um, I, I think you could get away with it. And I'm not going to, um, you know, smear anybody's reputation specifically, but there is a ton of mediocre properties and damn near negligent managers in Kissimmee. Like flat out do not maintain their properties. Investors walk in after not having seen it for two years and are just like freaking terrified. Um, And once COVID hit, a lot of these managers dropped their prices so low to just grab some kind of occupancy because their properties weren't very good. You had eight bedroom houses in beautiful communities going for a hundred dollars a night. And you can imagine what happens. Like when you lower your prices that much, you just get the kind of people in there who do not care. throwing in giant parties, drugs, guns, blah, blah, blah. Right? And it was just super damaging to some of these communities. And despite all of that, still had a lot of trouble. What I had no shortage of was people coming to me wanting to buy a property. Right. And those connections were established through like the mastermind that you and I are in, Mike. Um, I had been telling people for the better part of a year that I was aggressively pursuing that. So the more I got into it, um, I just had those conversations come back to me. Right. Like if you put good energy out into the world about what you're doing, what your dreams are, like what you're passionate about you know, again, you kind of have to plant that, you, you have to dig that well, maybe before you need it, because it takes some time, but it will come back to you. And so, again, getting back to the end here, I just ended up going to get my license because, you know, without the W-2 income, I didn't really have any kind of meaningful source of income. So, the commission helps me keep the lights on, right? Um, going six months without, and I don't care how much runway you have, going six months without, without income is like walking around with an anvil on your chest 24 hours a day. Like it, it sucks. Um, and so the commission helped me take care of that. Um, you know, it helped me get back ahead on some of the debt that I used to furnish that property in Tampa. Right. And then all the while it allows me as a person who services my client, number one, we're going to go to the right community and we're going to buy the right property the more dialed in you get, the details matter. What type of house is it? How close is it to the clubhouse? You know, Does it matter if it's a 10-bedroom clubhouse or 10-bedroom house, how close it is to amenities? The same as it might if it's a four-bed, three-bath attached town hall, right? I can deliver all of this guidance in one process. And for the most part, once my owner sets up their utilities, they've got one specific tax they have to remit to the county it's hands-off for them you know i work with Kristen. i I, you know um for design right and and we coordinate all the stuff we project manage run the transaction and and then we take over management afterwards so and and that's how it works and that's the power of like if you have a license and you also understand how to truly operate this business one just feeds the other eventually those properties will get sold
1: The saying is right, the riches are in the niches and like what you've done and what E has done in real estate, there's, I don't know the exact number. There's probably millions of real estate agents, but when you focus yourself as an investor agent and then an investor agent that specializes in short-term rentals, you're just narrowing that focus. So if somebody's looking for a short-term rental, they're like, oh, I'm going to go to Shane or if I'm in South Florida, I'm going to go to E because they specialize in this. They can help me find the right property in the right area for the right size, for the right price to target the right guests. And then they can run it for me, right? So it's just creating that niche for yourself and creating that focus. There's huge power in that. And then in the last six months, how many units have you added in the last six months once you created that focus?
0: Yeah, we have we have eight under contract. Two of them are under build out right now. Um, and then I have, I have two more clients three more clients that are pre-qualified. I'm just trying to find them the right house. So really, and, and, you know, you and I have been working together for a while in coaching, which shameless plug, by the way, for Mike's one-on-one coaching. If, if you need somebody to like push you over the top, go do it. I, you know, he's not paying me to say that. I'm just telling you it's a fact. Um, but really, like I didn't get my license until April. So we'll be at 11 properties in I guess nine months. So, to the point where I am positive, I couldn't have expanded me, or I couldn't have expanded any faster than I did, and still been a competent operator, right? Which is probably another something you want to talk about because we ha- I had to add team members, you know, even just within the last few weeks because it just it's it's too much. You know, there's only that so was much. A podcast
1: can- episode last week that we talked about, like how to start virtual assistants, things like that, which, I mean, it's part of the mastermind. We go out and recruit them for you,
0: right? right? But
1: if for anybody, as you're scaling to Shane's point, he was adding units so fast and focusing so much on the build out that he also needed to start creating the infrastructure to support the properties that are already online and are coming online, which means building out the team. So yes, From an income standpoint, you take a little bit of a hit because now you're paying people to do more stuff, but it frees up more of your time to continue expanding or to just enjoy more of your day, right? And that's the whole point of the business is we can teach you how to automate 95% of it, but as you add more and more units, you need to bring on more help. Like it's just inevitable, right? And I think you were somewhere around I don't know, six or seven units when you started considering bringing on more help and then you got your brother involved and then you're getting virtual assistants brought on and then, you know, you're building a company now, which is how you're able to keep scaling at the rate that you're scaling.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And it's funny, to your point, like you're gonna know, you're not gonna be ready to pay for the help you need when you need it. Like, it's just, you're, you're not gonna wanna do it. And it's just going to get so painful that you'll make the decision, right? So, you know, my, my brother, um, you know, has been with me for the better part of six months now, I think just fairly directly. And, you know, even between the two of us, it got to a point where, where we couldn't handle it, you know, and, and it's just as much of a, of an exercise in, um, Recognizing your limits, right? Like, I don't know, a lot of us type A, like, I don't know, military entrepreneur, like, we don't want to admit that we can't do it all. You know, despite the fact that it's miserable to do it all, I don't know why we do that to ourselves, but
1: it's true. But like, when know, you can focus on what you're good at, like you going out, building relationships with investors, analyzing markets, finding properties, closing deals, you know, coordinating a lot of the build out stuff with the designer, and then you know, letting Devin hang on to a lot more of the operational stuff with the team that you're building under him now, it just creates more focus, which lets you go faster, right? Like, if you want to go far, you need a team. Period.
0: Yeah. Yep. And, um, and he,
2: go ahead. He. No, I love that because a couple of weeks ago I was up in New Orleans for the uh, Bigger Pockets Conference, and uh, Brendan Turner was there. If you guys don't know, Brendan Turner is the main host from the bigger pockets podcast and he has achieved amazing amazing growth over the last year and a half right so he opened his uh, capital fund and he had a goal written 3 years ago that he was going to have 50 million dollars in properties under management by the end of 2021 they're over 200 million as of right now and what he talks about is just like the power of the right team around you you remaining in your position but he also talked about something else that's super interesting is the fact that you can only lead to your level and what he meant by that is like you have to understand that if you are an owner operator or you used to be somebody that like worked for somebody like me right like when i started i worked for somebody and when i took over the business all I knew was how to do my job. So what did I do? I did my job. I owned the business, but the business owned me because I was doing everything. And then you go into the next level and then you start hiring people. And he's like, ultimately, the point is that we all have to become architects and just be up top and look at everything else and create a system and move the people that we have in each one of those different buckets up the leadership ladder as we go up right so the point is like you get out of the business you train your brother your brother then gets out of the business you bring him up to your level you go up to the next level until everybody becomes what in good to great they call it like a level five leadership because unless you get to the level five leadership you're never going to be great and most of the time you're the problem not you, Shane, or you, E, or you, Mike. It's just you as, as the person. And so it's just it's just so important to like remember that. And it's hard because doing the things that you know how to do, it's so rewarding because you know how to do them. So you go through the motion, and you're like, I'm getting so much stuff done. Really though, you're just doing stuff that doesn't no longer belongs to you, but it's comfortable. And so it's this kind of like vicious cycle of like, you have to stay uncomfortable, raise your leadership and let go of the stuff that you're good at, teach it to somebody else and then learn stuff that you're not good at and then just keep leveling. So I love that you brought that up. I'm just- Oh yeah, that's- If you guys aren't
1: seeing it, if you're just listening to to the audio, I'm holding up the book, The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. That's like the starting point for learning how to- Elevate yourself from the technician to the operator, and then eventually like manager, like owner level, at continuing to elevate yourself out of the business. but you have to do that through creating processes and again, leveling up your skills as a manager and a leader so that the people below you continue to take ownership and level themselves up. Like we have a heavy culture around like personal development. Like I get so jacked, like at the beginning of all of our staff meetings, you know, we share a personal and professional win for the week. I get so pumped because I didn't even say anything, but everybody on my team is reading Think and Grow Rich right now. I didn't even I didn't even ask them to do that, but they're all seeing the growth and they're like, I need to start reading the books that Mike's talking about, like, right. And I'm helping some of them start up their own little side hustles and different things, right? Like mm-hmm. my VA Mark helped Shane go out and recruit VAs for him, right? So now he's got his own little side business and like just different things like that, that that's what really lights me up when i can when my team grows like via osmosis and i'm not demanding it they're just doing it because they're seeing the growth in me right like do as i do as i do as i say type of deal right
2: but and and to me that's that's real leadership right to me like people when people start talking and they just talk you'll see it and then the team kind of sees it too right and it's it's very simple i mean in the like with you shane coming from like a military background even more, right? Like, don't, don't just talk about it, be about it kind of thing, right? But it's funny because I'm, I'm interviewing a new VA for like a ISA position for the, for the real estate brokerage. And one of my questions is that, is like, what are your dreams right now? What are your goals? And what are you learning? And the moment somebody tells me I'm not learning anything, I'm mm-hmm. like, you're not going to fit. Because I don't care what it like, you know, one guy was like, I'm learning interior design because my wife wants to redo this. So we're like looking at this. I'm like, cool. Or I'm learning like website design. I'm like, awesome. And I don't even care that it's related to the job. I just want to know that you're learning. Because then it's, it's one thing for you to find a team member that is already learning. And then you just help him learn what he needs to learn or she needs to learn from your team. But if the people are like, I don't yeah I'm not learning anything right now or I haven't learned anything since school what does that mean like you're in, you're you're almost 30 you haven't learned anything since school which school we're we talking about high school like you've been 12 years without learning anything like purposely learning anything
1: yeah and I mean just coming back to Shane as an example right like we met through a mastermind that we were part of. Then he joined the Short-Term Rental Secrets Mastermind to learn more stuff about this. Then he went and joined another program to learn about creative financing and how to structure deals different ways and all this other stuff. Then he went and studied how to become a real estate agent, right? And all that stuff compounds over time so that he becomes more valuable, not as a human being, but as a service provider, right? So his income will continue to go up as he becomes more valuable, which means acquiring more skill sets in. Tactical skills, plus management, plus leadership, plus just general personal development.
0: Well, and there's um, there are a couple of things I want to like. All awesome points that I want to like kind of double back on because I've seen them like really, really play out in building my own business. Mike, when you're talking, both of you guys, Mike and E, when you're talking about like going and learning, a lot of the time, or ideally, you know, when you go and learn, you're probably meeting a new group of people. And the network that like you know, grad school, like the education was good. The network was invaluable, right? Like any mastermind you join, the education's probably you know valuable in its own right. But you know, to your point, Mike, like I joined another mastermind for service academy graduates studying real estate, right? And that yielded my two biggest deals yet, mm-hmm. right? And not only that, but I am actually attracting clients who are more advanced than me in other areas like tech strategy and like, you know, how do you engineer your company? And Hey, look, I want to put my property in land trust because we do expert things that are currently above my head, but like, because I have my expertise here and they have their expertise there. Like the people that you need to grow, as long as you continue to seek that knowledge, like they'll find you, Mm -hmm. they'll find you. Um, And on the leadership side of things, which like I'm particularly passionate about, like is e you know you talk about like being a you know if you if you're not passionate about being a good leader as a military officer, like you're in the wrong friggin' place, right? So leading from the front, you're absolutely right is critical. Like you can't ask anybody to do anything you wouldn't do yourself, with the exception of it's not your area of expertise, and that's like the fine line that I have found is you know my VAs or or anybody who's come in to join my business, there's been some level of where there might be like, I have to spend more time with them in the business, in the trenches, teaching them how to do what I know how to do. But there will come a point when you got to back off. Like you you, got to let them go. And that's a fine line. There is also like, you know, my, my, uh, smoke show better half Lisa, uh, helps me a lot with social media. I don't know anything really about how to run that stuff. She's brilliant. So like, it, and I, I help wherever I'm asked in in that area. I just do what I'm told, right? Like it's, it's kind of like same dynamic Mike with, with Kristen, right? I might push back on something every now and then, but most of the time I'm like, all right, look, you just got to trust the expert.
2: Mm-hmm. So leadership, and you, you have that- to pay for it too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, it's, It's you You really show how non-abundant you are in your mindset when you try to do something that is not your skill. One is a disservice to your client. So if you're actually in our, like if you're you're a real estate agent or a broker, um, and if you're in the property management business, you choosing to do something yourself that you know you're not good at, it's a disservice to your client number one. Yeah, right. I said
1: that to somebody, somebody DM me on Instagram the other day. And I was like, listen, man, I don't want to sound like this is a sales pitch whatsoever. But he's like starting his co hosting business, which I'm yeah. super pumped for him. And I was like, yeah. Okay, cool. Like, do you have any experience? And he's like, No, but um, you know, I, I want to do it. And I'm like, Okay, that's great. You need to invest in some education, whether it's with me, whether it's I don't care, somebody, because ethically, somebody, your clients are going to trust you with a large investment, AKA a property, a bunch of money and all the operations and legal liabilities that go with that. And if you're not educated, to me, it's like unethical. Like you need to educate yourself before you put yourself out there to go and do this stuff. And again, whether it's with me, whether it's with anybody else in the industry that has experience, make that investment first. Mm -hmm. Like you want to know what the hell you're doing before you ask somebody to trust you with a half a million million dollar property and just be like, no, I got it. It's like, really, would you go to my wife just had shoulder surgery? The surgeon was like the, whatever the valedictorian at Harvard. I'm like, okay, well, I feel pretty good that this guy's going to be doing soldier surgery on my wife. Right. But if like you, if Shane showed up and he's like, I got this, like, I'm confident, you know, I can do this. Right. I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. But like, we think just because it's our own little business, like we don't need to like learn stuff and get educated and like follow a process. If you wanted to be a doctor or an attorney or a lawyer or whatever else, like you'd go and get educated. It's just like that in any other business. And if you want to bootstrap it yourself with your own money and try and figure it out and make all those mistakes on your own dime, fine, but don't do it on somebody else's dime.
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, the the other thing that was leading to it's, it's again, I'm, I'm going to quote Brandon because that he's, he's talking at the conference was so good. He's also understanding the mindset where you're at when you're thinking about doing stuff. So it's like, if you are, non-abundant if you're trying to create a new vertical for your business. So let's say the Shane is like, I'm going to start laying oh, carpet and tiles, right? Well, Based on what your next thing is, you show what your level of leadership and your level of mindset is, right? So if your next step is, I'm going to go on YouTube and watch all the tutorials, you're thinking down here. If your next, if your first thought is, I'm going to go hire somebody that, has done this, and do a business with him, you're right here. But really, if you're thinking long term, and as a business owner, and an operator, what you would think is, I'm going to go find a company that has an established presence, but poor operations that I know I can make better by creating and implementing all the same systems that I have in all my other businesses, and then just grow it. So it all depends on like your level, again, your level of comfort and your level of leadership and the type of cap that you're comfortable wearing, because that's going to determine. And either one of those three choices comes with work equals amounts of work, but the reward is infinite higher on the company level, obviously, instead of everything else.
1: I want to switch gears here real quick for the agents that are listening in, I want to get a little more strategic based on your experience, Shane, just some some pointers for maybe an agent that's thinking about pivoting to start offering, you know, a management or co-hosting service. What are some of the steps that you did? Like, I know you talked about building your network and I preached that on end in the mastermind about doing that. So what were some of the things that you did to kind of hone your niche and build that network? So now you have leads coming to you.
0: Yeah, and it actually, I, most critical, it dovetails really well into what we're talking about right now. So I have spent more than five grand to join three different masterminds. And only one of them did not, I would say, actually produce a lead for me but I'll bet 60 to 70% of the rest of my business came directly out of those masterminds. So that's like 10X of whatever I spent to get into all three, right? So first and foremost, like I I think you're absolutely right. You you need to invest in education. Like whether it's with Mike, like there's, Mike has the best program. I'm partial, but there are, like I know that there are other really good programs out there. If there's something where you feel like fits you a little bit better, like go do it. But I would say, number one, start with some education. Like if you're an agent already, you understand real estate and, 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 your, and your market on like a broader level, you're comfortable running transactions, like this is a new thing. They're, they're completely separate. Learning how to maximize revenue and effectively operate a property at a, you know, super host level, right? It's something else. So start with the education. And then just number two, it's, I, I remember being frustrated hearing this advice a few years ago, but it's it's just talk to people, like ask people questions who are in the field that you're in, tell them that you're interested, ask them how they got started. And even people who aren't related, anytime anyone asks you, Hey man, how's it going? Like, what's, how are you doing? Like, how's life? you tell them about this business that you're starting because you you never know six months from now, a year from now, I, I can't tell you how many deals I've had where it was somebody I contacted six months ago. Yeah. We went round and round for like a week or two and then they disappeared. And then six months later, it's like, I show up, I'm ready to go. And we have a deal closed 48 hours later, right? You just get really aggressive in terms of planting seeds, and when I say aggressive, I don't mean like attack people on the street and tell them about what you're doing. Put it in the front of your mind, and when someone asks you, tell them, and be and be fucking excited about it. Uh, sorry,
2: sorry. Yeah. no <laughs> worries. I do I do that all the time, so don't worry about it. He drops um, plenty f bombs. Yeah, out. yeah. We have that, yeah, ex- I do that
1: content on our podcast, so we're yeah.
2: Good.
0: yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, people will absolutely be attracted to the energy. And the other thing, by the way, that if you invest in education, it's gonna help build your confidence. And that is the other thing that people just are drawn to unequivocally. Like they may not entirely understand everything that you tell them from an analysis standpoint, but if you exude a confidence that, look, I got this, give me the money, give me the keys, let me drive, I'll send you checks, right? That won't be good enough for everybody but you'll turn some people with that.
2: But for a lot of people, right? And, a and lot of one, people, of my, yeah. one of my mentors when I first got into, into real estate is like, number one, don't be a secret agent, right? A lot of people are secret agents, especially because there is this thing in society that real estate, especially being a real estate agent, is like, uh, I didn't know what else to do. I kind of landed doing real estate, which given a lot of people do that. but. <laughs> But we, but we also know a lot of people and that's where being part of a mastermind is so important is I know people that own real estate teams that like, you might laugh as like, yeah, they're agents, but like they pull a million bucks a month of real money and they are like on vacation 80% of the time. Right. So you can laugh about it all you want. It's fine. Two, I love what you said about what the agents can do. And like, if you're an agent and like you want to tap into vacation rentals, but you're like, I don't want to do management, just find somebody like me or Shane and be like, hey, can I give you the people? Like, can can you help me? And then let like they'll take the commission on the on the actual sale, but like afterwards, can you help my client run it? I have a lady share that is here locally. She loves selling vacation rentals, but she, she knows she doesn't like doing management. So finding people locally. So if you're in South Florida and you're an agent and you need some help with something like that, reach out to me. Right. Because that to me makes perfect sense. And I'm sure Shane wouldn't be like, ah, actually no. Right. Like, yeah, we'll take, we'll take the management client. Like that's absolutely no problem. Right. It's understanding that and like get yourself a unit if you're an agent that you're seriously thinking about actually doing yes. this. And, and that's one of my rules for my yes. brokerage is, is one of our core values is that we're, we're real estate people. So I don't want any agent under our brokerage that is not a real estate investor. And the reason why is like, if you don't understand what this is, how are you going to advise our clients? Cause regardless of whatever or not they're buying for investment, or they think they're buying a house, the house remains an investment. Regardless of this whole shit that Grant Cardone has come up with, that a house is not an investment, a house is an investment, right? Like at the end of the day, if you hold any type of single family real estate for an extended period of time, you'll make money on it. So it's an investment, right? You need to know what you're selling. So don't be an agent. Don't be a secret agent. And if you're trying to be in this business, for a long time, one of your key goals as an agent should be to be a real estate investor and an agent.
0: That Both of those things are critical. Be, be an investor yourself. Know how to operate one of your own properties yourself. Not only is that just going to give you a better sense of like how to be a competent operator, but when your own ass is on the line and you're stretching financially to get everything done that you want to do, like you're going to understand that feeling of anxiety that comes and you're going to understand the resistance some of your clients will have like stop five or 10 grand short, right. Of like what you really need to do to get the property where it's going. Right. So it'll give you that understanding. And here's the other thing too. Like, and as an agent, I will be the first one to say, like most real estate agents drive me crazy. Right. But here's the great thing about being in an, in an industry full of amateurs, the professionals will seek each other out. Like I've done of the, of the 10 deals I've done this year, I've done them with four people. Like I've gone back to the well on two or three of them and we'll do them off market. Right. Or, or just one kind you of just like.
1: Found me. You just found me one with a relationship yeah. that hadn't yeah. really hit the market yet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. And like it, it, the right agents don't, they will, they will trade someone good to work with for like the absolute best and highest offer because they know strong clients, agents who are good communicators and who can convey the right information to their clients, they get deals done. Like,
2: and I, they I work with professionals. It. Like everybody, a good agent work with good people. Like it's an all around good transaction, which right. is the main reason that people don't understand when they're like are not paying for their service. It's like, you're going to pay for it one way or another, right? Like those, those cheap lenders. Like I've had a cheap lender that like, we had a closing on a Friday and he went MIA on that Friday. We had to get an extension because we didn't know when we were closing. Like he literally went MIA that morning and it was one of those like low fee lenders and everything else. It's just like, there is a reason, you know what I mean? And like what you said, right. Is like, I would advise my clients if I have two offers and I've worked with somebody before, and they close i'll be like this might be a little bit more money but they're gonna close and they'll be solid through and through and they won't come back to us with this ridiculous inspection requests and like a repair request and they it just it's important to be a professional and especially if you're like you're at this point in our podcast and you've been listening you're a, a, interested in even becoming like a, a an agent you have to take it like i mean i think we said this over and over you have to take it like a business and like the people that are in real estate for a long time are in there for a reason and it's because people come and go and the big teams keep making money and keep just hold yourself having, to the
1: standard hold yeah. yourself to a higher standard be if you're going to do something sure. be world class simple like that's just how i operate and that's i love when that you do that consistently the results will show and you're going to attract more people like Shane talked about that are world-class operators that you can network, right? Like it's that it's honestly that simple. So just anytime, whether it's this business, you want to start becoming an agent, you want to do e-com, whatever it is, just go into it with the mindset that I am going to master this and become world-class. This isn't some quick get rich quick thing that I just want to make a quick buck. Like I'm going to do this. and I'm going to become world-class at what I do. That's it. And just intrinsically, it's also more rewarding, and you'll enjoy it more where it's not just like I'm trying to squeeze everything out. It's like, no, I take pride in what I do. And if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to deliver a world-class product, period. No matter what.
2: And, and, the results and
1: if will you're, fall.
0: if you're new, like, I, or if you're this is something you're thinking about breaking into and the idea and like for the phrase world-class intimidates you a little bit, if you're organized and you follow through, you're already 90% there. It's,
2: if you answer yeah. the phone also, like in, in Florida, <laughs> if, you're, if you're an agent that answers the phone and calls people back, I yeah. already put you in my like top 10, like Follow-up. 10%. Like people yeah. are like, and that's surprising. And it's also like, what's the biggest opportunity when it comes to property management in, in general is the fact that it's not sexy. And most of the people that are doing it are complete Buffer. dinosaurs or as Shen said, are just terrible at their job because they have gotten away for so long doing the bare minimum without any type of accountability on anything, right? Like owner, owner statements, owner portals. Like the amount of stuff, the transparency that we have as professional managers to our clients is, is unheard of. Like a lot of property managers have like survived for years just being mediocre. Mediocre. Yep. You know?
0: And on that note, by the way, like if you're an agent who is looking for a property manager, one thing that I love to point out to people, and this is like based directly off of Mike's model, we all get this coming out of the mastermind. You know, I mean, we call it. We're kind of using the term co-hosting and management here, sort of interchangeably. Like there may be to greater and lesser degrees for what you actually do for a client, but if you're if you're talking to a property manager and they're like, leading pitch to you is, oh, we're, 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 like, occupied all the time, right? If all they're quoting you is occupation, that should raise your eyebrows. Everybody here, well, I guess I shouldn't speak, e, I, I don't know your business as well, but, like, our, our compensation is based off the owner's gross income. And guess what? Your highest gross income probably isn't as 100%. It may be like in this market, it may be like somewhere between 65 and 75. So what happens is a property manager wants to drive occupancy if their commission is based off each transaction, right? Their goal is to just get as many people in the pipeline as possible. Whereas the owner, you don't care how many people show up. You care about how much money you make. How big is my check at the end of the month? And so right there from the outset, your manager's interest is not aligned with your owner's interest. And so the way we do things inherently gives us an advantage just by doing things that way. So if you're a manager, understand that compensation piece. Or, I'm sorry, if you're an agent and you're talking to a manager, look for that. Because I am telling you the number of people that I know who line their business up that way, I can't fill one hand. Can't fill one hand. Certainly not Kisim. And, and it's really
2: I love what you said because that's that's the thing that I was talking to somebody that I know there is, is an old timer. is ask questions that oh, crisscross each other, meaning what's your vacancy rate? And then a little bit after, be like, How many units you have in your portfolio? And like, what's your occupancy rate right now? Right. So like <laughs> questions crisscross. So like if they just answer bullshit wise and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're like this much and then this much and then you ask the other question, those numbers should be. They should line up. They should line up, right? And it's very sneaky and you can just do it and you put it in the script. You should have a script with the questions to ask to bigger pockets is a ton of them that you can just use and kind of like change out. Um, but ask the questions, ask them a little bit farther apart from each other and you'll know very easily, you know what I mean? Like if whatever or not, they're or not. Mm-hmm.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. So before oh, yeah, we wow. get into the, into the last question, Shane, first, I want to acknowledge you and um, thank you for coming on the show and just say how freaking proud I am of you, dude. Like from where you were a year ago to where you are now, it's like next level. Like it's freaking awesome. And your growth has been game changing. So I know a lot of people get some value out of this and get some inspiration out of this because I mean, you basically had your back against the wall there for a few months and you were trying to figure it out and um, you just made it happen, dude. So super proud of you. Um, and for folks that want to get in touch with Shane, we'll have all this stuff down uh, linked in the show notes, but you can reach out to him. It's uh, Shane at alchemyreinc.com. So A-L-C-H-E-M-Y-R-E-I-N-C. Shane at alchemyreinc.com. And uh, his Insta handle is at airbnb.alchemy underscore Hosting. I'll just link that shit because people aren't gonna write that down. But we'll link that Who's one like, up. Follow them on Instagram. Go find it the
0: show notes. <laughs> go find in the show notes.
1: We'll link that up. So the uh, the last question that we like to ask all of our guests is, "What is your number one secret to success with short term rentals?"
0: Mindset. I, I just. It is. The older I get, the farther I get into business. The farther I get into personal development. It is a truly rare gift for someone to understand their own power when it comes to attracting what you want. And the more consistent you are at practicing that, the easier it gets and the more quickly it will show up in your life. And it's hard. And, and, and you, like, when I got, when I got axed, I totally lost my shit for like three months. Like I was not myself. I was like in a puddle on the floor and it sucks looking back on that. But it happens to literally everyone who's ever been successful. You have failed miserably at some point and you start getting in your, your journaling and your personal development, get that mindset, right? You, you will be unstoppable. And the stronger that gets more unflappable you are, the more you believe in yourself and your ability to do that, the quicker things will happen. Mm
2: that's it. money okay so, so that good. is money i love it man it's been it's been a pleasure i i love i love the headspace i love the growth and and it's literally it's it's what the secret is all about right like this is this is what it is you know um and what's funny is that i closed this thing yesterday and i signed on it and then i'm like i was kind of sitting with it and i'm like why don't i feel as excited as i thought i was going to and the reason why is because like i knew it was happening like
1: i you you expected it
2: i expected this to happen right to the point that like yesterday it was like 4 15 and we still didn't get the call from from the title company to said come over and sign and at a certain point 4 30 my dad is sitting here in my office with me i'm like okay, let's go. And she's like, she hasn't called. I'm like, don't worry about it. By the time we get there, she'll have them. Right. A 25 minute drive. I get there. The moment I walk into Don's office, which is the title lady. She's like, are you kidding me? I literally just got the email. I'm like, I know it's going to happen. Like it just, there is no, no matter what happened every time, every bank rejection, every whatever change, what happens to whatever happens to you or whatever our listeners happens to you just write it down cross it off get back to it write it down cross it off get back to it and they just like then the time is going to happen and then you'll be like wow it happened right I saw it this entire time and you just start working on the rest so I love it such a powerful story
1: so good So good. Well, appreciate you, buddy. And for all the listeners out there, just wanted to let everybody know that we put together a bunch of free resources for you guys on the site. So we've got our deal analyzer up there. We'll teach you how to use AirDNA, how to analyze markets. We've got a bunch of different checklists, all sorts of stuff for you guys that is completely free. All you got to do is text RESOURCES to 978-242-0001. So again, it's just text the word RESOURCES to 978-242-0001. And we'll get you guys hooked up with that and make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel because we're starting to pump out a lot more content over there. Every single week, we've got three videos coming out every single week. And if you have topics that you want us to cover, just send us a note or put it down in the comments and uh, we're happy to cover them for you. So that's it for this week. Shane, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for being here. Looking forward to hanging out with you next week at that property and yeah, uh, let's do everybody else. Let's do it. We'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody.